Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Unchanging, the series where we're unpacking what is foundational to life? What can you build your life on? In a world that keeps changing what you can build your life on. Now, listen, I don't know, I don't know if you're excited to be here. I'm just going to tell you what I think. I think God's excited that you're here. I think God is fired up for you to hear this teaching. Get out on the edge of your seat. If you're one of the campuses live, if you're online, if you're a 12 stone home, just get on the edge of your seat. This is awakening truth today. Glad you're here. And I'll confess right off the top that I understand why Christianity is sometimes off-putting to people. Just say it with me, just say it with me. If you experience Christianity, Christ, as a list of rules, as a list of what? Rules, I couldn't hear you. As a list of what? Rules. Yeah, if Christianity is all rules, if that's what you hear first, do this, don't do that, this, 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 this is how you do it, follow the rules, that can be off-putting. If you experience Christianity as the rules, listen, before a relationship, it's distasteful. That's not who Jesus is. He led with relationship. Listen to the way he taught. Listen to the way he prayed. Let, let me just take us to John 3.16. For God so loved, so what everybody? Loved this world. People, you, me. He, this is relational language. He loves us. This is Christ describing why he came. Listen to his high priestly prayer in John 17. Now, this is eternal life that they know you. Now, he's praying to the, his heavenly father that they may know you, not that they may know all the rules. Now, listen, this doesn't diminish rules. Hang on. Rules always follow relationship and authentic love. Rules are expressions of love to protect the strength of a relationship, but they don't precede it. It's not based on rules. It's a relationship first. So now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Christ Jesus, whom you have sent. He goes on to pray that they may be one as we are what? One. These are hints, if you will, the Trinity, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. See, this unity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, this three-in-one divine relationship is what leads the way. And so if, if your exposure, you know, maybe you're listening, you're online, or maybe somebody's sharing this like a podcast, or, or, or maybe you're 12 Stone Home, one of the campuses, and somebody's invited you along or, or shared this teaching, and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of put off by Christianity, because all I experience first is the rules. Well, sure, that can be distasteful. So I tried it. Let, let me illustrate if when you were in college, that's where I went, met my wife, Marsha. If when I was in college, somebody had read to me some of the rules of marriage and family, I don't know if I would have done it. So I wrote some down. Imagine if you're in college, and before you have the relationship, somebody just says, hey, looking forward to marriage and family someday? Here's some of the rules. The rule of the bathroom. 
she rules the bathroom. Put the seat down all the time because it's not your dorm. The rule of the closet. You both share the closet. Her share is 80%. Yours is 20%. The rule of bed making. The bed gets made every day, though there's no purpose to this because we're just going to undo it all later to go to sleep. And the added rule, there will be tons of pillows on it that you cannot actually use because they are for decoration, though nobody actually goes in your bedroom to see it. It's just the rules. The rule of money, you get none. The marriage and family get it all. The rule of hobbies, you get none. Eventually, all your money goes to your kids' hobbies. The rule of sleep, you get none. Your kids will keep you up late, wake you up in the middle of the night, and wake you up early. The rule of privacy, you get none. Oh, oh, and, and you cannot go into your kids' bedroom because they need privacy, but they'll walk into yours freely, perhaps so that they can look at the decoration pillows because nobody else is looking at them. The rule of having nice stuff. No stuff stays nice. The kids will vomit on your new couch. The dog will destroy your carpet and house. Kids will throw stuff around the house, jump on your stuff, break stuff. They'll drag their metal bike against your nice car. <clears throat> so the rule is no stuff stays nice for you. The rule of vacations, you get none. It's their vacation. You'll need to come back from vacation to recover, but then go back to work to buy them another vacation. The rule of free time, you get none, you are owned. All right, there we go. These are rules for marriage and family. Now listen, listen. If you had read that to me while I was in college, I think I would find the idea of being in relationship of marriage and family so offensive, I'd say, no, thank you. Not interested. But the moment I meet Marcia and fall in love, and we build companionship. And then out of that loving relationship, we add children. And they have names and they own my heart. Listen, all those rules make sense. And I joyfully join in. Do you see the difference? It's led with relationship. It's critical that my kids understand the history of Marcia and I coming together, the love that we've built, and that they're an expression of it. Let's say it this way. My kids came from a relationship of love, and they are therefore a relationship of love. And men and women, that's Christianity. Just hear me. Yeah, on a much more grand scale. So let me put that on the screen. I just want you to see it. We were created from a relationship of love for a relationship of love. Wherever you are, I want you to read this with me with your whole heart and your whole voice, okay? I want us to understand this. So everybody read it with me. Here we go. We were created from a relationship of love and for a relationship with love. We were created from a relationship of love. That is from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity is in this dynamic, perfect fellowship, this harmony, this relationship with one another. God was not alone or lonely when he created us. God created us out of the Trinity. And understanding the Trinity is foundational to faith and all of life. It's foundational. Anything less than understanding that God and the Trinity was in relationship and that we came from that relationship of love and were created to be a part of that relationship of love. Anything less than that distorts who God revealed himself to be. It dilutes why Jesus came. And honestly, it reduces Christianity 
to a religion of rules, and that's not who God is. So we get to sit inside this beautiful picture that we were from, we are from a relationship of love and created for a relationship of love. And that is foundational like the piers <laughs> to a coastal house. Remember this? We go back to, to where we left off last weekend. Remember we said Jesus painted a picture in scripture of a coastal house. And he said, your life is like a house. And, and you should build it on solid foundation. In, in the context of modern day coastal homes, it would be the piers. Now, now the piers are the same for everyone. They're foundational. They hold everything together. Below the floor is the foundation. It's unchanging. Now you might redesign and, and the decor above the floor, but below the floor is foundationally true. It holds everything together so that when the tide, if you will, of culture moves in and out like the water, you stand strong. The Trinity is a foundational truth about who God is and who we are. And frankly, that is why the Nicene Council gathered in 325 AD and, and why they had to have a conversation because there were people, even in the name of Christ, who were knocking the pillars down, knocking the piers down. They, they, were, they were undoing the strength of who God revealed himself to be. So at this council, they took the 874,000 words of the Bible and, and summarized it into 271 words. The Nicene Creed. So we've been jumping into that creed. Let's look at where we left off last week. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of things visible and invisible. And when Trey unpacked that last week, he said the following. So let me recall and reread it for you. There's only one God. The God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The triune God, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Scripture gives us a moment when God gives us his name, Yahweh, meaning I am who I am. Almighty God, he is the only true God, creator of all things, still sustaining by his power and love, all-knowing and ever-present. God has always existed, never came into existence. Therefore, he is before all things, unchanging and perfect. He is forever past, forever present, and forever future. He is autonomous and independently powerful. We serve an amazing God. Can I get an amen? That's who our God is. Now, the, the creed goes on. So here's the next paragraph. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the begotten of God, the Father, the only begotten, that is of the essence. Say that word with me, everybody. The what? Essence. Say it again. The what? essence, we'll come back, essence of the Father. Jesus is God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten and not made, begotten and not made. That's why he's the essence of the very same nature of the Father by whom all things came into being in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. The majority of the reason that the Nicene Council gathered is for this paragraph. The majority of the reason that the creed was written is for this paragraph. Because they were questioning at that time the validity of Jesus as divine, as deity. 
some suggesting that he was created. He was not God. So when they wrote, they were writing to confirm who God revealed himself to be and affirm the deity of Christ in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Coexistent, co-eternal, co-creator. One God and three distinct persons. If you've never heard the teaching, the theology of the Trinity, well then for the next seven, eight minutes, let me unpack it. And tell me that you're fired up for this because I've been, I've been, I'm excited about it. You ready? You got, here's the theology. You, you got to get the theology because this is where you understand that we came from a relationship of love, the Trinity, and for a relationship of love. So let's do the theology. God has revealed himself to us over time. He reveals himself to us in the Old Testament, and we understand God the Father, and then there are hints of the coming Messiah, the Son, and there are hints of the Holy Spirit, obviously, throughout Scripture. You get to the New Testament, and you get the revelation of God through Jesus. So God in human flesh, God with us. And then Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes, and we discover the Holy Spirit is part of uh, the Trinity, if you will, the Godhead, and the church is launched. And, and you get this collective picture. God is revealing himself to us, and now that revelation is complete. So you can go all the way back to places like Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let who? Us. Let us, let this us, this God who is us, make mankind in our image. Now, the Hebrew plural pronoun of Elohim actually means more than two in this and other locations in the Old Testament. And so if you were at that time and reading through the Hebrew, she's like, okay, something's going on here. God's revealing something more to us. This one God in this, this personhood. And as that's being revealed, we get Jesus. And now who is Jesus? John chapter one. In the beginning was the word Jesus. And the word, that is, Jesus was with God, and the word was God. You see that? And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. Je Jesus, Jesus' life didn't begin when he was born from the Virgin Mary on earth that day as his birthday, he was in heaven, eternally existent, and he voluntarily left heaven, came to earth, took on human flesh, but he is God, fully God, and became fully man. In fact, Jesus called himself God. He literally used the word from the Old Testament. It's called the Tetragrammaton. It's the, it's the name of God I am that I am. And when he did that, the Jews, appropriately, because that was blasphemy to call yourself God, wanted to stone him, kill him, take his life. They understood who Jesus claimed to be. He didn't claim to be a good teacher. He claimed to be God. Even look at this reference in John chapter 5. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him, Jesus. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his father, making himself what everybody equal to God. So the church had this ancient symbol. And if you're like, man, I need to, I, the, the Trinity, this one God and three persons. I, how do I wrap my head around that? I don't know, but let me give it a shot. 
This, this, is, this is a diagram similar, a little more modernized, that they would have used in ancient times as a church. If it's helpful, draw it out or grab your phone, take a picture of it so that you always have this. You can wrestle with this and understand. Okay, how does this operate? What has God been revealing to us as to who he is? It is one God. It is how many gods? One God. So one God. Look at top. Father, straight down, is God. Father, Heavenly Father, is God. The Son, Jesus, to the middle, is God. The Holy Spirit, to the middle, is God. One God, three distinct beings or persons. Not three expressions of one God. Not like me being a, a Kevin Myers, a pastor, and then Kevin Myers, a, a father, and then Kevin Myers, a husband. Three different expressions of the same being. Note that the Father, go to the outside, is not the Son. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. They're not the same person. The Son is not the Father. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father, and the Holy Spirit is not the Son. They are three distinct persons in one Godhead. One God. Not three gods, one God. Is that blowing your mind just a little bit? You got that all nailed? You can probably go teach your kids right now. You're ready? Oh, I got this. I, I can go teach them. They, I'll confess there's some, complex, some complexity to this, but it's partly why Jesus said in the, when, when, when he gave us the great commission in Matthew chapter 28, look how he said this, go therefore into all the world, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, see it? Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, there you go. You just got Trinity teaching. Don't you feel theologically like you got some beef here? Yeah, you have. But, but, but if you don't comprehend all this, you're, you're in a good place. <laughs> I can, I can give you these words. I'm not telling you I comprehend all this. I, I like what John Wesley said. And I'm going to go with it. Ready? He said, bring me a worm that can comprehend a man. Bring me a worm that can comprehend a man. And then I'll show you a man that can comprehend the triune God. It's, it's complex. We, we live in a dimension that we don't understand how that works in the Godhead. But know this. The Nicene Council gathered and wrote the Nicene Creed to take the core of Scripture and confirm and affirm who God revealed himself to be and to address what was called Arianism. Arianism is the heresy that was removing the divinity, the deity of Jesus and saying that one God meant only one Father and that Jesus was created from the Father. That was being corrected. Some of you might understand there are various ways theologically that gets played out in modern day. There are some religions and some in the realm of Christianity who, who make such claims. Jehovah's Witness is one of them. That's why when they come to your door and they have a conversation, they talk about Jesus, but they're not talking about the same Jesus that the Nicene Creed was correcting. They're talking about Jesus as in created from the Father and Arianism. So, the Trinity. Hear this. The Trinity is less about, listen, listen, it is less about you being able to understand it and all about you walking in it. Absorb that. It's less about you 
understanding it. I, I, you don't have to comprehend it. You don't have to be a theologian and be able to go explain all the words in, in great detail. You don't, you don't have to make sense of it to people who, whose minds are blown and they like, I don't know how to critically think about explaining that in a realm I don't even understand. This is, this is not about you understanding it all. This is about all of you receiving the invitation of the living God and walking with him in it. Walking with him in it. In other words, the Trinity matters. And I'm going to give you at least three of my reasons why. So I'll put these on, on the screen here. You know, why the Trinity matters. I'll just go, this is to me, okay? Here's, here's how I navigate this. This is, this is, this is, pretty, uh, this is pretty intimate territory for me. My faith would make no sense apart from the understanding of the Trinity. It impacts me every day. It is my most intimate relationship, way beyond my kids, way beyond Marcia, way beyond any friendship. It is at the core. It's the peer, the foundation upon which I build my life. And I walk with God through who he is with him in the Trinity. And here's why it matters. So I can know the who the true God, so I can know the true God, so I can enjoy being with him, and so I can engage all of God with all that I need. Let me, let me unpack those. Let's, let's go. So I can know the true God. In other words, anything less than the Trinity is false. It falls short. Let me suggest you try something this week, okay? I got a little, I got a little something for you to do this week, and, and here it is. Every, every, everybody needs a little something now and then. So um, see if you can get this on camera. I suggest you go to a friend this week. Try this out. Everybody go try this out. Go to a friend this week and ask to borrow one of these. Anybody know what that is? Can you read it? What is it? Yes, $50 bill. Okay. Borrow $50 from a friend and just say, I'll pay you back in a couple of days. Okay. Then two days later, here's what I'm going to suggest you do. Pay them back with one of these. Does anybody know what that is? Can you see it? What is it? I can't hear you. What is it? Okay, so borrow a 50 and then give them a five and say, hey, I remember I owe you. So here's your 50 back. And what will happen? What do you think is going to happen? This is going to be all copacetic. Everything's awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for paying me back. No, no, they're not. They're going to say, dude, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I gave you 50. You're giving me five. You're like, no, 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 no. That's your truth. I have my truth. <laughs> I call this, in my world, this is a 50. Can I tell you something? All secular philosophical bobbledygook will go out the window the moment you cheat them and give them less. They will not appreciate that you keep the same vocabulary but rewrite the dictionary. A 50 is a 50. A five. But you say, oh, look, look, there's a five right there, five for 50. Have all the conversations you want. They won't accept it. Listen, we are living right now in a day where we don't even know what any of us mean. We keep using words in a culture that says the same vocabulary, but has redefined all the words with the dictionary. I don't even know what conversation I'm in half the time. I don't know what anybody means used to be clear what we were talking about. Like, for example, 
What is the definition of these words anymore? I'll give you some. Truth, marriage, family, compassion, gender, COVID, justice, science, tolerance, equality, Jesus. I, I don't even, when people use those words anymore, I don't even know what their dictionary is. I can't even have a conversation because I don't know the dictionary because it's all changed. Jesus, when somebody says, I follow Jesus, I have to ask, who is Jesus? Because I don't know that the Jesus I'm talking about and the Jesus you're talking about are the same. But what I do know is this, Jesus gave his own definition to who he is. And anything less is counterfeit, falls short, and is false. The reason the Trinity matters is because God revealed himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity in relationship, and we were created from that relationship of love and for that relationship of love. And that is the truth as to who God is. And people are redefining Jesus for their wishes. They're taking a $50 biblical definition of Jesus and giving him a $5 cheap dictionary definition. And it's not true. So the first thing is so I can know the true God. Here's the second one. So I can enjoy being with him. So that I can enjoy being what? With him. With him. Yeah, so I'd be with God with us. When Jesus came, it was, his name was Emmanuel, God with us. It is at the heart of God to be with us. And listen, there's, there's no class of people that, that, that doesn't fit with the living God. We, God with us means we fit with God. We were created by him and we were created for him and for relationship. And we fit with God. People have these conversations like, I just don't know if God received me. God would accept me. I don't know if I fit with God. You, you do. You were created from him and for him. You were designed in relationship. Okay, one of my, one of my favorite stories, back in, in the day when my third-born son, Jake, uh, his particular hobby was golf. And so he took it up at 13, and I started teaching him everything I know. I'm, I golf in the high 90s. Um, it, it's gloriously ugly. And, uh, and then I, I helped teach him, and I got him with a pro, and eventually he was golfing in the mid-80s to the low 80s. It, it's annoying, but that's okay. I, I was proud of him. He did well. He got on the team, the golf team. And, and so we would hang out together from time to time, go to courses. And, and one time I drove him to a country club course uh, a distance away. Of course, I'd rather be on the motorcycle, but, you know, we're, we're, we're golfing. I love him. I want to be with him. And, 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 and so on the way there, the only uh, breakfast place we could find was Huddle House. You ever been to a Huddle House? They're awesome. Uh, if you're not familiar with Huddle House, think Waffle House with less class. Just to, just to kind of, just to give you a sense of it. And we apparently had walked into a motorcycle convention uh, because they covered the, the parking lot and they filled the place, and it took a few bit, minutes to even get a seat. And it was, it was a rough crowd. I mean, it was the road hard, put away wet. It was, the, it was disheveled. I mean, it was, it was just, yeah. And, and so we sat down, a waitress came, and we got our drinks. And, and Jake looks at me. He looks around. He, I don't even realize. I don't think he realizes what he's doing. Looks around, looks at me. Starts shaking his head. These are your peeps, aren't they, Dad? 
My peeps are at the country club. I'm like, you little jerk. First of all, these are my peeps. And the country club people are my peeps. They're all my peeps. And he wasn't really trying to slam me. But here's what, here's what I want you to hear. There is no class of people that goes outside the kingdom of God. The church is the only place where we can actually recognize that there is no different socioeconomic class. Everybody at the ground of Jesus Christ, the ground is level. You are invited in. It had nothing to do with ethnicity, with economics, with education, with age. We are all one in Christ. And when Christ prayed, may you be one, may they be one as we are one. He was saying, may the love that sits in the Trinity be the love that operates in the community of believers. Because we were created from relationship and for relationship. Christianity is not a religion of rules. It's a relationship with the living God. And we praise him. That's why we see things, sing things like the doxologies from the early 1700s. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. If you don't know the words, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Where do all the blessings come in life? From him. From who? From him. Every good thing you have. First of all, beginning with relationship and all the joy and all the blessing, all the beauty, all those, those friendships and marriage and family and the beauty of, of enjoying relationship. That's all God's big idea. It's from the Trinity. Every material gift that you have, every blessing in life, praise God from whom all blessings flow. The church declares it, and, and so you get so captivated by who he is. Praise him, all creatures here below, that all of us would be so captivated by this God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, who lives in this perfect harmony, that we would praise him from here, and it would be our nature to respond and worship him, and not worship the things of the world, or our own ambition, or our own selves, but that we would praise him, praise him above ye heavenly hosts, that all of heaven would join in this great anthem of singing, praise to the only one who is worthy. And who is he? Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We say amen. It's yes. This three-in-one God is with us. You are designed for relationship. You fit with God. You are his peeps. <laughs> no wonder it's not merely something to comprehend. It's a relationship to engage. It's why I put in this third thought kind of on the list so I can engage all of God with all that I need. You know, that's when this becomes very personal. So it might sound strange to you, but I'll just, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I pray to God um, according to the Trinity. I'm not saying you have to. It has been uh, very meaningful to me. So I, I talk to the Father in the name of the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's biblically, theologically true. But I also recognize that they have specific roles that impact my life. And, and so God is my Father. And perhaps that's more meaningful uh, because when, you, when you're a young man who comes from a broken family and estranged from your dad uh, from early teen years, 
and battled with uh, how do you become a man who you were created to be and, and all of the loss and the conflict and the dysfunction that goes with that distance. And yes, many of you know, 40 years later, we're, you know, God restored it. But all along the way, I needed a father. Man, if, you're, if you've ever been in that place of estrangement from your father, maybe you don't even know your earthly father, I got good news for you. We all have a heavenly father. And this heavenly father will reparent us and pour into us and, and cover us and care for us. And so there are big words regarding who this God is. He is my provider. Say it with me. He's my who? Provide. I, I have a provider. I mean, back then we were poor and dad wasn't providing. And I'm like, I'm on my own. Mom's on her own. This thing doesn't work. And scripture began to teach me. I have a heavenly father who is my provider. And it doesn't matter if you're battling for the next 50 bucks or your rent or, or, or navigating your first job. It, it doesn't matter what your financial pressure is. If it's $1,000 or million dollar pressure, it doesn't matter if your ambitions are great or small. As God puts them in you, surrender, selfish ambition. But I have a provider and I am over my head, but not over his head. Thanks be to God. He is my provider. I talk to him like that. I engage him like that. And so listen, listen, men, women, if you take all the pressure as provider, you'll be so distracted raising your kids and in this world, you'll never be at peace. Pressure's too great. He's not only my provider, he's my protector. My what? Protector. Man, like I want to protect in my family and over my kids. Oh, like I want to protect spiritually as a shepherd over this church. So much more, my heavenly father's my protector and I talk to him when I'm afraid I bring my family before him I say God um, would you be as real to me as my fears because I would never let anybody else know how often I feel like a boy when I'm supposed to be a man I have a protector the trinity matters Jesus I have a I have one who forgives me. Who does what? Forgives. Paid the price. Gave his life. I, 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 I get to openly and honestly be all that I am before him. That might be embarrassing for everybody else. Man, I wouldn't want everybody to know where I would stumble or have setbacks. Where it's difficult to honor God and do the right thing. And I come to Jesus, would you forgive me? And would you release me from the guilt and the shame? Would you pay the debt for me and let your blood cover me? And he does. How kind of him to live a forgiven life is so freeing. So what? Freeing. I mean, I'm earning anything back. I don't spend every day earning stuff back with God. I spend every day in relationship with God. He's already earned it for me. I am freed up. I'm not, I'm not earning back for forgiveness and he's my peace. My what? Peace. He said, peace I give you. In this world, you're going to have trouble, man. The storms are going to come. They're going to threaten your house, but, but, but I'll give you peace. My peace. Be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, with everything. You know, with prayers and requests and supplication. Bring, bring the weight of all that stuff before God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Thank God for the Trinity. Jesus, who gives this amazing gift of forgiveness and peace. I talk to him. Lord Jesus, I need your peace. Now, Holy Spirit. Whew. He's our counselor. He's our what, everybody? Counselor. Man, you don't know everything. You couldn't possibly. I don't know what size of weight you have in business. 
don't know what you lead or what you follow or what you're part of. I, I, I don't know the burden in your marriage or your kids, but I know this, that it's all been weighty on me over the years and I need wisdom. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, you're my counselor. Would you please give me wisdom? Would you give me insight? Would you give me understanding? I, I don't know how to navigate this as a parent. I'm telling you, 80% of the time, the solutions in marriage or, or family have come just in prayer. Be my counselor. I need a counselor. Sometimes I got to go to a, a physical human counselor. Even when I do, I go say, use that person. Use that person. Help me, oh God. But Holy Spirit, you are my counselor. You indwell me. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now give me understanding and wisdom I don't have on my own. And give me strength. Not only is he my counselor, but he's my source of strength. So, so he sustains me. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, would you give me strength? I need to endure things that are not easy to endure. I need to keep doing the right thing, and I don't feel like it. Anyone, anyone, give me strength. Hey, I don't know if it makes any sense, but the Trinity is not some mystical creed. It's an intimate relationship with the living God. So what would it look like? If you would engage all of God with all of you and all that you need. <laughs> and every day, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.